Well, let me first say it's good to be in worship service that doesn't bum you out. Uh, I don't understand. We had this great creator that personally wants to know us, and churches treat suddenly like a funeral service. It shouldn't be a funeral. We, we believe in the guy that beat death. And we had this eternal hope, but most people go to church and sing songs that will put a corpse to sleep. So, so I don't get that. Most people live like uh, years ago. I once told a lady, God, ain't God good? And she goes, oh, sometimes. And uh, that's how most Christians actually live. The devil wants to shake you. We sang that song today. He wants to shake you. When you become a Christian, he can't steal your salvation. But what he wants to do is get you to shake your confidence in the Lord. Part of my ministry at my church is I do our... Wednesday online Bible study, and I am doing everything I can to not look like a hostage video. In 2020, it's like many pastors discovered online ministry. And what they did was, and I'm guilty of this too, was we put our iPhone up on the book and hit record. And, it, and we looked like floating heads or like we were about to tell you something being a gun pointed to our heads like Al-Qaeda had us. It looks horrible. Go to a community college and learn some TV production. TV production is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. Clarity, have you seen Christian movies lately? <laughs> I'm hoping Spielberg gets saved soon. So we can have like our blockbuster of a movie. Where's our um, Titanic? Is it God's Not Dead? Like that's our Fast and Furious franchise. Like what number are they on now? Part five? And I promise I won't make fun of DC talk. Years ago when I was a teenager, and I was into Tupac, a pastor goes, I heard you're into rap music. And he gave me a DC Talk CD. I don't know how, how long you guys have been a Christian. DC Talk, it's not rap. <laughs> it's white people music. So, finally, thankfully now, we do got good Christian hip-hop music. We have The Cray, we have The Truth. But that's not the sermon today. One day I'll talk about Christian music. I don't know how anyone got saved in the 80s, but, but that, anyways, I digress. Uh, today's message is called The Secret of Learning Contentment. Wednesday, before I recorded my church's Bible study, everything was going wrong. Uh, my tripod fell over, uh, or my father-in-law was discharged from the hospital. We were trying to take care of him. So at 10 minutes till 
Bible study, my tri tripod turned out to be five study Bibles, my copy of Systematic Theology, and a Star Trek coffee mug. There are a thousand reasons the devil will give us to not serve the Lord. But he's worth it. He is worthy. And every year I find myself preaching on this text because of how many times pastors misquote Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 is not about I can do all things in Christ and score that touchdown or get that promotion or in guarantee that I'll be healed of cancer. What the proper context is, is I can face that cancer because of Christ, with Christ, for the glory of Christ. When I came in, um, Sarah was singing, It Is Well With My Soul. Do you guys know the history of that hymn? The guy that wrote it is named Horatio Spafford. He wrote that song, It Is Well With My Soul, as he's going across the shipwreck of five of his daughters drowned at sea. That's the background of that song. It is well with my soul. He wrote that caught crossing the watery grave of his daughters. It takes a big God to understand that. Elizabeth Elliot. So I'm going to tell you the secret of contentment, and we can all go home right now. But here's the, when I get into this, here's the thing. It's a lifelong journey to learn contentment in Christ. It's a journey. The late, great Elizabeth Elliot, whose husband died as a missionary serving the gospel, here's what she said. The secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. I'm going to say that again. The secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. See, the truth is, many of us, we want the American dream. We want the big house, the white picket fence, kids, the dog, six cats. Good thing she's hot. Uh, and then we want to spring, sprinkle Jesus on top so we don't go out. But that is not the Christian gospel. In this world, we might go through crappy things. We will go through hard things if you are a Christian. Paul says this. He writes this letter sitting in jail, but for some reason, we think that to be a Christian is all rainbows and buttercups and book deals and podcasts. But this is why I, I teach on this text a lot. Because 
Paul says, whether I have plenty or I am need, I have learned the secret of contentment. Here's the truth. I can do all things through Christ does not mean you'll score a touchdown or get that promotion or God would supernaturally make you a brain surgeon. I'm sorry, if a Christian came into my hospital room and had no medical training with a scalpel and said, I can do all things through Christ, give me the atheists with 14 years of medical experience. I once had a friend get a job at a Christian company. Of gla- they made glass doors for showers. This friend had no knowledge of how to work with glass. And the only training her Christian bosses gave her was, you can do all things through Christ. How do you think that job went? Paul is sitting in a prison cell when he, when he writes this text. So let's, let's read the text. Philippians chapter 4, 10 through 13. Here's what Paul says. And he's writing, Pastor Chris is right, he's writing the Philippians, thanking them for their financial support in the ministry. Philippians is the only church in the New Testament where Paul is not writing because they're screwing up. They're the only mature church in the whole book of the Bible. The whole book is all about joy and rejoicing and how the church got started. And it's an amazing book. When I'm battling depression and hardships... Philippians is my go-to book because here's the deal. The devil will give you a thousand reasons to not get out of bed, a thousand reasons to not be a Christian today. C.S. Lewis says when he dies, he hopes hell rejoices that he's out of fight. I want to be that type of Christian. I want to be that type of Christian that no matter what I face, I'm going to face it with Jesus and for Jesus because he's worth it. And that our reward is not in this life. You can only live your best life now if you're going to hell later. Our reward and our treasure for living for Jesus is Jesus. He's our reward. And I want all the Jesus I can get. When I get to heaven, I want to see in Savior Jesus. That I want, he's my reward. Is it going to be cool when I don't have cerebral palsy anymore and can dunk? Finally can dunk in heaven? Yes. But that is not my main goal. My main goal is I'll have two good arms, two good legs, two good eyes, a perfect mouth for Jesus. He's our reward. Okay, here's Paul. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have a chance to help me. 
Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If you know the history on how Philippians got started, he started the church and he stayed over with Lydia, who was a businesswoman. So she had him come into her house. He was living high on the hog, dinners, good food, and then the story ends with him in prison. So he knew both experiences. In this Christian life, we will have seasons of blessing and seasons of suffering. That's just a reality for Christians and non-Christians. Where it comes into impact for you is whether you're in blessing or in want, you have a question to answer to your heart. Is God good? That's what the devil wants you to be shaken in. I tend to make prosperity Christians uncomfortable because I am a visible reminder that their theology sucks. Period. <laughs> because I believe in Jesus, I, I'm a pastor, and clarity. There's stuff going on with me. So it can't be that my faith is lacking. I'm on the team. I got the t-shirt. I got the books. I went to Bible college. How much more faith do I need, guys? The point is, it's not about circumstances. Here's the life point. Jesus empowers us to keep him our treasure in different seasons of life. That's what Philippians 4.13 means. Jesus empowers us to keep him our focus, our joy, our treasure. That's what that means. If I try out for the stillers today, I'm going to get crushed. It's that simple. I, I mean, I might make the Pirates team because it seems like they're all handicapped. But, sorry, Pirate fans. That's, that's a deep hurt in me that God still needs a hill. They broke my heart in the 90s. I've been a Detroit Tiger fan ever since I was 14. Okay. Here's how I applied this to my personal life. God has not chosen to heal my cerebral palsy. If he healed me and I'm not learning to be content with Christ, I would be a healed, discontented man. If Jesus is not your treasure in times of need, you are fooling yourself if you think you'll love him when you meet prosperity. You're not going to love Jesus. If life is hard right now, 
and you don't love Jesus, you're not going to love him when things are going good. You're not. I'm 41 years old now. 20 years as a Christian. I can say now that whether I'm healed or not, I have learned that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to honor him with what I face. It's that simple. I don't need out of my circumstances a cerebral palsy. I need God's attitude about my circumstances of cerebral palsy. Same thing for you. My ministry, limping for Jesus, began out of this. We are all limping. All, everyone here today had a thousand reasons to blame God, to be mad at God, to not show up. But God is enough. He's why we're here. He's why I continue to be a pastor. So, I ask you this. So, you who call yourself a Christian, why are you not happy? Why are you not content? What are you pursuing? Christ or better circumstances? I don't know if I mentioned this last time. If I did, I'm sorry if I repeat myself. But I once was counseling a lady who said, I'm done with Jesus because he doesn't pay my bills. Well, homegirl, you never loved Jesus in the first place. You loved what he did for you. Period. Many people want the gifts, but they don't want anything to do with the giver. They don't. Because the moment life gets hard, they, they bolt on God. It's a matter of life experience that I notice firsthand. The fact that I stand up here, a pastor and a Christian, is a miracle. It's a miracle. The world gave me every reason to not believe in Jesus. When I was eight years old, I'll never forget this. Faith Hiller promised a whole crowd that she was going to save me of my crippled demon to the end. I, I don't know if I was a demon. I don't know how they do their jobs in hell. But if I got the job of being the demon of cerebral palsy, that's whack. But so this woman promised that this crippled boy would be healed. Whole service. I'm going to say the biggest miracle to the end. Came up. It was my time to get healed. She tried smacking me on the head like a bitty hen. I didn't go down because palsy don't crack. Because I didn't fall down, she trips me and I fall over. I get back up. Newsflash, still rocking the palsy. And she goes, I healed him spiritually. My six-year-old brother at the time goes, this is bull crap. And it is. So that could have been a deep father wound for me. I could have walked away from that church service never meaning the biblical Christ. So I, I tell you, the fact that I'm up here proves Jesus is real. 
because he was able to reach through all that nonsense, all that religious hurt, all the prosperity gunk to meet me. And here's the thing. The sinner in a wheelchair and the able-bodied sinner, they are in the same boat. The guy in the wheelchair doesn't need to walk. He needs Jesus. That's the truth. You can tell I'm bad at this because I yell at you sometimes. Okay. Uh, here's the deal. This is a lifelong journey that I'm still learning myself. It's not like I wake up and there's 16 cents in my bank account. I'm like, praise Jesus. It's a lifelong journey, guys. We're on it. But if you keep him, your treasure, if you focus on him being the reason and the purpose you live and breathe, you'll get there. You'll get there. I promise you. Contentment in Christ is possible. There's a thousand reasons, I can be honest with you, as a pastor, there's reasons to, to give up. I shouldn't still be in ministry, but I am because of Jesus. I don't come from the perfect Christian upbringing. I wasn't homeschooled. I know every line from American Pie I'm a roast comic. Last year at this time, I was roasting a deaf guy. Yet, Christ didn't give up on me. I get scared when pastors tell me to tell jokes in their service because my comedy is not PG-13. I'm a comic. I used to advertise myself as... I'm a comic that's a Christian, but I'm not a Christian comic. And uh, they're like, what does that mean, Pastor Mike? I'm like, I'm pretty sure if I did my set for you, you would question my salvation. So, but if you name it, I have experienced people bad mouth from my reputation, saying that I'm not a good pastor. I've had other pastors say the fact that I have cerebral palsy proves that God's not with me. I don't know about you, but that's not a good uh, advertisement for pastors. When, when other pastors tell people in their congregation, don't listen to Mike, he's proof that God's not with him because he's not healed. And yet, I stand here saying God is good. That's what we're here for. I get in trouble all the time because when I was a guest preacher a lot in my tw 20s, people used to get mad at me. for They would say, you're too happy about God when you preach. On the Easter Sunday, I preached two services one time at a church. And the elders said I would never be inv invited back because I was too happy about Jesus. What? 
If I can't be happy on Resurrection Sunday, when can I be happy about Jesus? Tuesday? Wednesday? Saturday at 4 p.m.? This whole idea about guilt-driven religion is not from Christ. Legalism is from the gates of hell. Don't watch that TV. Don't listen to that music. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't dance. A lot of people pastor like they're the pastor from the movie Footloose. I once, <laughs> so you showed your age by laughing at that. You know the Kevin Bacon movie. Years and years ago, I, I had a Christian hip-hop group come to my youth group. And I had elders try to keep the kids from going into the sanctuary. They said that I was inviting the devil to church. I didn't know Jesus had a problem with bass. I mean, if you love the gathers, cool for you. But 14-year-olds in the early 2000s are not bumping the Gaithers or Chris Tomlin or Caleb. If I turn Caleb on, my son wants to jump out of the car. My, my elders at the time because I can't believe you're inviting the devil here. I said, well, next we're going to have tractor races. My sarcasm gets me in trouble. But here's the deal. Jesus is amazing. And we should be, he should be the reason we're here. People are not going to find Jesus attractive if we go through life like... It, it's a funeral service. Many, many pastors get up every day and preach their obituaries. They don't preach sermons. They try to make you feel bad because we're afraid you won't show up next week. We're never going to be perfect in this life. Here's my application for this. Focus on loving Jesus more, and there's lesser desires will die. There's lesser idols in our hearts will lose its appeal. We all have lesser idols. We all have functional saviors. If it's not Jesus, it's something. We're all worshiping something. Focus on loving Jesus. Get into the Bible to see Jesus. Come to church to love on Jesus. Live and be a Christian, hence it's in the name, for Jesus. And you will have victory. You will have contentment. When life, when, because we're in church and we're online and I want to be a pastor, when it hits the fan and Jesus is your treasure, you'll withstand it. All right, in closing, and I promise when I say in closing, I won't preach for 15 more minutes because I want to beat the Methodist to uh, Applebee's. Uh, 
It's okay to laugh at that. We're allowed to have a sense of humor in church. When you get saved, God doesn't take your funny bone out. Some Christians are saved but forgot to tell their faces. Okay. I, I promise no more critiques of Christians. Just follow my ministry and you'll hear me rant. Okay. Let's close in prayer. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'll hand the service back over to Pastor Chris. I pray that you take this message today, and you understand that Jesus is our joy. He's our treasure. He's the reason why we can be content. Uh, Philippians 4, God will provide our need, but our greatest need is Jesus. And he fulfilled that. And our whole life now is about growing our joy and our love for Jesus. That is the secret of contentment. Lord, let's pray. Lord, teach us that you are the source of our contentment, not freedom from unpleasant circumstances. Lord, we often will say we'll serve you only if you don't touch our kids, or you keep us in a job, or you keep us in perfect health, but we are not guaranteed to never face evil. Kay Warren and Pastor Rick Warren this past weekend reminded their church of we only will serve you, and we're afraid to serve you because when we say yes to Jesus, we think evil will come. But they reminded us Rather you serve Jesus or not, evil will come. Therefore, follow Jesus anyways. So therefore, Lord, we say, be our everything. Be our source of contentment. No matter what we face, hell or high water, we will face it with you and because of you and for you. Because through Christ, I can do all things. In your holy name I pray, amen.